Hey there, We Can't Wrestle Podcast listeners. If you haven't noticed, we have switched our server to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Highly recommended by me and everybody else here at the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Listening to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Now it's time for our host, Nate Madison. Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to episode 87 of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. I'm your host, Nate Max, and uh, we're going to bring Aaron in here in just a moment. We're going to discuss In Your House 2 on this show, and goofy-looking wrestlers, something Aaron came up with. Some wrestlers we think are goofy-looking here in the We Can't Wrestle podcast. want to remind you really quick before we start to also check out, listen, subscribe to the Asylum Wrestling Podcast, which I am producing. And don't forget to join the Asylum group on Facebook, especially if you're a collector. You are going to love it. That's, again, the Asylum Wrestling Podcast and the Asylum group on Facebook. That being said, let's go ahead and start episode 87 of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. All right, wrestling fans, welcome to episode 87 of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Nate and Aaron here with you. It is cold as tits here in West Central Ohio, where we are currently recording. I think it's, what, like four degrees outside right now, but... Seven. Seven. Oh, it's a heat wave. It's heated up a little bit. Um, Seven degrees. Nice and warm here in the We Can't Wrestle studios, though. Before we start today, of course, we're going to be talking about In Your House 2 from July 23rd, 1995. And also, Aaron wanted to talk about goofy-looking wrestlers. (laughs) So we're going to do that also on the show. But I have an announcement to make, Aaron. It's, It's a sad announcement. Uh, for those of you that, that listen to the show on a regular basis, you know that for pretty much two to two and a half years now, in memory of the Toots tweets and Toots Mont, the legendary promoter, we've had Toot Toot Tootsie by Al Jolson as our outro theme here on the show. And as of last week, it is Bye Bye Toot Toot Tootsie Bye Bye. Can't use that song anymore because uh, I'm getting serious about the YouTube page now posting the shows on YouTube. We're going to start doing more things on the YouTube page. And somehow, some way, no matter how old that song is, I always thought it would be public domain right now. Somebody owns a copyright on that song. So it's ca- it's, yeah. it's causing an issue with uh, posting the shows on YouTube. It Pretty much any of the old shows that I'm posting up, I have to uh, cut off the end of the show where that song is. So to have to wow. not have to do that going forward, I'm sorry. But to, to, Tootsie is goodbye. Goodbye. Yes. 
It's so. what old McDonald had a farm. <laughs> and then he bought the farm. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, sad to say, Al Jolson will no longer be joining us here on the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Fuck, I think we kept him, him, kept him alive long enough, don't you? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so, just wanted it's to make that announcement. That- it's a joke that got made when nobody was listening to this thing, like three people. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> but yeah, Tootsie, bye-bye. All right, so I got my note there, retiring Tootsie, <laughs> at the top of my notes. <laughs> and now, uh, unless you have anything to talk about before we start with our topic of In Your House number two. We'll do- no, I just, um, like you said, with the... It was humble beginnings, and we're still pretty humble on here. We got, I don't know, what, like 200 people on the Facebook page. Yep, and climbing. Oh, and Hopefully uh, those are the same. Those people are actually listening. So most, you know with live stuff that you do, we do have people that do listen. So I'm going to do something I don't do very much and say I appreciate it. We, we appreciate you. <laughs> As George W. Bush would say, I appreciate you. Appreciate you. So we're going to September, July 23rd, 1995. It is the municipal, Nashville Municipal Auditorium in Nashville, Tennessee. An attendance of 6,482 for the second In Your House pay-per-view. See, I miss things like that. The Nashville Municipal Auditorium. Yeah, now everything's like the Cotex Center. Now, and... <laughs> now, be like, now we're coming to you from the Nashville... Piggly Wiggly Center. <laughs> the, the Nashville Hotheads Arena. <laughs> uh, How's it supposed to sound cool when they're like, we're going to have the, like, you'd be able to be like, when I come to the Rosemont Horizon, I'm going to kick your ass. Yeah, and now you know? it's, now it's like, when I get to the Dunkin' Donuts Center, <laughs> you're mine. You're going down at the Piggly Wiggly Pagoda. <laughs> when I get to Safeway Stadium, you're done, sir. You're done. But or for, oh AE, for AEW, when we get to the Ruler Food Center. <laughs> Does Walmart have an arena that they sponsor? No. And neither do. Well, I mean, they have a thing at their headquarters. No, I, I didn't know if they had their name on anything yet like that. Like, I no. know Costco does, and, uh... Um, Not that I know of. GameStop had a NASCAR when I worked for them. A Walmart NASCAR, Jesus. <laughs> Walmart probably owns half of NASCAR. All right. <laughs> so, uh... We get the, you know, you don't appreciate things until they're not around anymore. Yeah, back then it was cheesy and everything, but we get the cool Big Al intro for In Your House. Yeah, and Big Al's on this show. Yes, he is. And I can say this, Big Al is like a big pervert. <laughs> I mean, he looks like he's got stuff on his computer. <laughs> and back at this time, he'd have to be putting that effort in on dial-up, like... Yeah. <laughs> he might be dead now, I don't know. Or incarcerated for the stuff on his computer. But yeah, Big Al looks like a big pervert. Um, Touchy-feely the, uncles. The best, doesn't need to be around. The, bega, the best, uh, best worst, you know, best worst is what I'm saying here. But the best worst Big Al song is the Superstars theme. Diesel Cool Undertaker. 
Shawn Michaels Heartbreaker. Heartbreaker. <laughs> Actually, the worst thing that Big Al ever did was his version of Shawn Michaels' Sexy Boy. Oh, yeah. No, that was fucking great. Uh, WWF The Music Volume 2, I believe, if you're looking for that. Can't Just play it because of YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> There's also this thing going around for a long time that it was actually Vince. <laughs> there was a rumor that it was Vince singing it. I think I'm hot. <laughs> it's horrible. It is. I'll have to post it on the uh, on the Facebook group. Uh, they, I'm sure there's a a YouTube clip of it. Yeah, it's just it's bad. I have to post it for reference after I put the show up. But yeah, we got the Big Al entrance, and then we come to Vince McMahon and Jerry the King Lawler doing commentary in their gay bar leather vests. Yes, everybody on the show is dressed like an asshole. <laughs> And I put that on there, and um, one of my other notes is that when it comes to styles and trends, there is absolutely positively no style or trend as fucking ugly as early 90s country. (laughs) The line dancing crowd? Yes. (laughs) Like the multicolored shirts... Like the shitty hats and the, tight, and the tight jeans and the cowboy boots. Yeah, and sometimes the boots are tucked. Sometimes the jeans are tucked in. Sometimes they're not. <laughs> they wore those like fucking. Some of them wore those like Native American inspired vests. That, just <laughs> that, fucking trash. Some of you listeners may or may not know um, from listening to my other podcast, The Motley Soup, or if you follow me personally on Facebook or what have you, I am a huge fan, and I think Aaron is too, but, I mean, one of my favorite country artists, other than, like, Dwight Yoakam and Johnny Cash, like, probably my third favorite country artist ever is the band The Mavericks. I love yeah. The Mavericks. The Mavericks are a an amazing country band. But that the reason I'm saying that, they're, what brought this to my mind was, um, the other night, when I was scanning around, I watched a couple of their music videos on YouTube, and when you said the 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 early to mid '90s country style, that's one thing. Like those videos, it was just full of that that style of clothing yeah. and, and dress. There's, there's, you know, there, there's some good music. Oh yeah, it. definitely, yeah. <laughs> but that style of dress was just fucking atrocious. <laughs> You want a good example of what I'm talking about? Like, go walk, go watch Walker Texas Ranger, <laughs> or any, or any Alan Jackson video. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Fucking vests with like dream catchers on them and shit. It's like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I didn't know that was going to be the thing that popped you, but it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> So we start the pay-per-view off. Our opening match after the horrendous uh, clothing of Lawler and McMahon is a decent match. It's the 1-2-3 kid against the roadie. Oh, yeah. Um, which, you know, back then when I was a teenager, I didn't realize these guys probably smoked a big fatty after the match together. But uh, 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 Jesse James, the road dog, and uh, X-Pac, the 1-2-3 kid, having a match here in, in uh, Rhodey's infancy in the WWF, and, and Kid had only been around for a couple of years. Good match, though. Uh, yeah, I put that on there, that this was a good match. Um, 
with a, I didn't mean to interrupt you, sir. No, that's okay. I was just going to say good match with a finish that was kind of scary, actually. <laughs> yeah, and I put that on there. There was a sloppy second rope pile driver, and I don't remember anybody ever, like, doing it again. Mm-hmm. At least not in this era. I don't even know why they thought it was a good idea. Yeah, it's... Obviously, <laughs> nobody got hurt. Right. But it was... It looked clunky. It didn't look... It, it did... It, I know people say it now, but it's like a move that's like too set up. You know what I mean? Right. And like, they and they didn't execute it well. Like kid had to kid had to have at least been a little hurt. I mean, you know, yeah. obviously not bad, but the way he landed on his neck and it's just they clumped clump. I don't even know how to describe the sound and the feeling that you get when you watch it. But uh, like it's, it's easy to it's also easy to sleep on how good. Um, he was always good, but how fantastic Sean Waltman was at this time. Mm-hmm. Like, like when he got later on, he still did stuff, but it wasn't as much like this. It's almost like, how do I say it? Like a Ray he's not as fast and shit as Ray Mysterio, but it's almost like how Ray Mysterio worked his career, you know? Yeah. Like, as he got older, it was like, okay... I'm still going to do elements of what I do, but it's going to be slowed down a little bit. It's going to be a little less impactful, mm-hmm. obviously, because you get older and you get smarter and things like that. But yeah, like Sean Waltman at this time was on like the list, like the top five best wrestlers. I think not even only in the WWF, but maybe in the country at this time. Well, honestly, dark horse candidate for one of the best workers of all time. Um, which we need to do that as a we need to do that as a top ten soon. We've never done that. We've done like our favorite wrestlers and everything, but just in ring work, smoothness, just best workers of all time. That'd be a great top ten. Do that next week. All right. So, anything else on that match? Nope. It was a good solid opener. I gave it three and a half. Jeff Farmer. Yeps. So, yeah, good stuff from these guys. Now we come to the Million uh, Dollar Corporation. Oh yeah. Doing a backstage interview. The Million Dollar Corporation. You know, I mean, you can say it's either one of the best or one of the worst factions of all time. I think it's fun because they don't fit. Like, none of them fit together. Like, it's just this mishmash of guys. Um, you got Sid, IRS, Tatanka, the Godfather. <laughs> and, uh, of course, Ted DiBiase. Everybody gets to cut a promo. You got uh, you got Jive talking uh, Tatanka here, um, and Sid's promo is what it is. Um, well, it's kind of like Sid's promo is kind of like a a letdown, and it, you know it's funny because like Tatanka like did Sid's promo for him before Sid got to talk. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like he said everything Sid should have said, but Tatanka said it. <laughs> like, if I was Sid, I would have been like, dude, the what the fuck? fuck? <laughs> what the fuck, Javis? <laughs> he said everything I was supposed to say. And it's, uh, it's always fun to get a good long Sid promo, because, man, it's like a train wreck. Like, yeah. you know. But it works. He's psycho. Sid, I don't know. I know Sid gets a lot of hate. I was always a fan of Sid. Was Sid the best worker? No. Was Sid, you know, going to give you a five-star classic? No. He was but entertaining. He was entertaining. 
B was a spectacle. He was a specimen. You know, he was an attraction. Um, I I always liked Sid. Um, actually, he doesn't get enough credit for being like once he got in there and everything. He was a charismatic motherfucker too. Yes, I mean, we went to uh, Aaron and I went to a what a house show in '96 in uh, Toledo, a WWF house show, and I think probably other than I'd say maybe other than the Undertaker. Sid got the biggest pop of the night. Um, Sid was over. Sid Sid was the guy that turned Madison Square Garden on Shawn Michaels, for Christ's sake. Um, so to argue that he wasn't a success in the business is just silly. Yep. Um, again, you may not like his work in the ring, but whatever. And again, I love his promos because it's, it's like, I don't, what am I going to get? <laughs> what am I going to get with this one? I'm a Sid fan. Can we start that over? Sorry, we're live, pal. <laughs> okay. So now, oh, I think we had a Barry Dodinsky in here. Yeah, little Ray Romano. <laughs> Everybody loves Barry. <laughs> Barry the Didinsky. next match. Oh, ba- go ahead. Barry Dodinsky was, uh, was the, uh, for those of you that don't know, maybe you're more of a modern wrestling fan. Barry Dodinsky was WWF's little Jewish Don West, um, pretty much. So he was the salesman. He sold you those ugly ass. Speaking of ugly looks from the '90s, how about those all over WWF T-shirts? God, how about pretty that... much anything that was wrestling <laughs> yeah, apparel? Some... God, wrestling apparel before Austin 316 was hideous. <laughs> Like, WWF was making us all over shirts, and then WCW was producing their, their pay-per-view denim jackets. <laughs> With, like, airbrushed beach blast on the back of yeah. it and shit. Oof. Like Oof. <laughs> all right. So go ahead. Up I next. cut you off. Oh, that's all right. Up next, it's uh, Razor Ramon and Savio Vega versus... Uh, Rasputina from Norbit and Carl <laughs> Winslow, collectively known as Men on a Mission. Uh, this match wasn't great. Do you know why? Even, because even, Men on a Mission was in. Yes, that's what I was gonna say. Even, cons- even, cons- even you know, having considered that Ray- Scott Hall and Savio Vega, two of the better, the better uh, men on the roster at the time, two of the best wrestlers. Of the '90s are in the match. Two of the best wrestlers ever. They're, ever. They are in there against these two fucking guys. Man on a mission sucked. <laughs> they did. They sucked when they were good. They sucked when they were bad. We on a mission. Just trash. Um. Yeah. Worst thing of the ring ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Billy Gunn was king of the ring. <laughs> I was gonna say the 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 two worst king of the ring pay per views are probably ninety five and ninety nine. Um, yeah. So and Billy and, Gunn, and, Billy Gunn wasn't a bad wrestler or no. whatever, but I mean he wasn't setting the world on fire either in the ring, but. He made no. He didn't need it. He made no sense as mm-hmm. King of the Ring. And it, it was funny. Like he, and, he didn't. Do, he didn't do anything different other than put a couple of crowns on his tights and go out there. 
but Mabel was just trash. It was funny during this time. It was like Vince. Okay, Vince had an obsession. He's always had an obsession with size, but it was almost like because if you if you watch the '90s, with you know just some of the people he tried to push, some of the guys that were that were heels on the roster. It's like once he had Yokozuna as a successful top heel, he got obsessed not with big heels, but with big fat heels. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, you know, along comes Mabel, who's a big fat guy and can be a big fat heel, and, and it just did not work. The only good thing that ever came out of this was Sir Mo going, hear ye, hear ye, servants and wenches. <laughs> That's the only good thing that ever came out of this. In a shitty SummerSlam main event. You want to see one of the worst matches you've ever seen, speaking of an in-your-house. Watch um, <laughs> watch Yokozuna and Mabel slap each other around at the October 95 in your house. It's fucking horrible. Oh. It's horrible. <laughs> but anyway, going on long here. Men on a mission get the Duke over Razor and Savio. Maybe. Which it's how many years later, and I was still like, fuck that. <laughs> You're like Jim Ross. Oh, that's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they're trying to put uh, they're trying to put Mabel over. So that's what you do. You have the heel go over a baby face. Maybe Savio should have taken the pin here. But there you go. Men on a mission. Defeat Razor and Savio, I gave it a yep and a half. Just because Scott Hall was in the match and Savio Vega was in the match. Bad stuff. (laughs) So let's see. After that match, it's Diesel's Lumberjacks. It's a Motley crew. (laughs) You got uh, Man, Man, Man... Man Mountain Rock, Adam Bomb, The Smoking Guns, Bam Bam Bigelow. And here's the funny thing, and they used to do this. They used to do this in the WWF and WCW at the time, but the, the, what I'm bringing WWF up is, you know, we're in the age of the hotlines, okay? And they're talking about earlier on the hotline, it was reported that one of Diesel's lumberjacks had sold out to the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase, and then these guys all go around like a bunch of clown shoes. I think Doc Hendricks' thing is, and we come to... You're the beginning of the alphabet, Adam Bomb. Did you sell out? What a stupid reason to... But anyway, sometimes WWF would do these things, like these rumors on the website or on the hotline. It's like, you know what? Why didn't you actually make that a story? Like, you wasted a good story just making it a scoop on the hotline. Like, it would have been a good story that one of these guys sold out to Ted DiBiase and turned on Diesel. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it also wouldn't have generated revenue, and they needed revenue at the time. Yes, they did. <laughs> man, Mountain Rock tries to be funny. Yeah, I took the money. <laughs> not. Yeah, not. Man, Mountain Rock. Nobody offering you money. And then at the end of the interview, it kind of gets overshadowed by the guys all screaming and shit, but Bam Bam Bigelow goes, we're going to make the million dollar corporation broke and bankrupt. And it's like, well, those are the same thing, Bam Bam. (laughs) Broke and bankrupt. Yeah, it's pretty bad. So speaking... I hate Adam Adam Bomb. Yeah. Yeah. He's... Yeah. (laughs) Any incarnation of Brian Clark, I'm like, fuck off. Fuck off that here, Brian Clark. Oh. 
So next we have the concert, the music performance of With My Baby Tonight by Jeff Jarrett. Obviously, Road Dog is singing, but um, the lip sync job, um, Jarrett did a pretty good job with the lip sync job. I, I want, just because, just because of the, for the posterity of the show, I watched the performance you know, closely so I could see if I could catch any. And at the end, he has one slip up. But other than that, he did a pretty decent job with the, uh, the lip sync job on the With My Baby Tonight. Yeah. And, and it's, if you would have, if they would have stuck around, it would have been interesting to see how the story went. But yeah, it was, a. if you watch it, it's, it's, it's a masterful build to this guy finally performing. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> for like a year, for like a year, he's like, "I'm the best singer in the world. I'm the best." <laughs> and he goes out there, and he just gets caught lip syncing, and it would have been so much better if they wouldn't have quit. Right. But it's just crazy that like Jeff Jarrett's run, like his first run in the WWF, like the best night he had was like the last night he had. <laughs> and um. It, they they when they do the guitar solo during the song, I don't know if you noticed, but Vince just goes, "Oh yeah," <laughs> or something like that. Like Vince has to break in and do some kind of thing when they're doing the guitar solo. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like I said, I mean, I don't know if I have much more to say about the segment, but like you said, it would have been, especially for that time, it would have been a really good angle. And um, what would have, what would have become of like. That's that's what I wonder. Like, okay, so now we've revealed that Jesse James is actually the singer of the song. So does Jeff Jarrett drop the country singer angle? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what happens here? Um, this is the this is the this is my favorite time in Jeff Jarrett's career. There are times during TNA that I like Jeff Jarrett, um, like the King of the Mountain era of Jeff Jarrett. Um, he was one of the better things about TNA. I know you're not a big Jeff Jarrett fan, but this is my favorite iteration of Jarrett and then some of the TNA stuff, but this is definitely the most tolerable Jeff Jarrett to me. I'm not a fan of WCW Jeff Jarrett. I'm not even a huge fan of the, 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 the late nineties attitude era Jeff Jarrett, except for probably the tag team with, with Owen, but this I is like the- when he beat up Moolah and May Young. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not saying he was terrible or he didn't have moments, but you know what I'm saying. This is my favorite iteration and my favorite incarnation of Jeff Jarrett is the Double J. And I know some of the uh, some of the guys out there that are probably not as big WWF guys as, as me would say, oh, of course, that was when he was at his worst. Not really. I mean, anyway. All right, so now after that, let's see here. Um, we got, we got Todd Pettengill amongst the unwashed masses. <laughs> <laughs> that one kid at the end there is funny though. That chubby kid standing next to him, Pettengill's like, Double J, what'd you think? And that kid's like, he's all right. <laughs> he's all right. <laughs> he's all right. <laughs> and then Todd's like, he's all right. <laughs> it's like indifferent. Yeah, he's all right. <laughs> yes. But up next now, we have... Henry Godwin and Bam Bam Bigelow, two of the better big man yeah. wrestlers of all time, yeah, not this, having, this, not, this not, a good and not having a good match. To, you know, it just goes to show you, good workers sometimes just don't have chemistry together. Um, 
But since it wasn't a great match, Bam Bam won it. We won't talk about the match too much unless you have any notes on ugly things or anything. My, but My note goes, uh, Bam Bam Bigelow defeated Henry Godwin after Hogg missed something off of the top rope. <laughs> like, usually you can tell what they're going for, but I don't know what he was even doing. And I don't really remember Henry Godwin going to the top rope very much. <laughs> so, what I wrote down, because during the match, during this match, and one of the other matches on the show, I kind of zoned out. And I kind of zoned out during this match. But one thing I was thinking about was, Bam Bam Bigelow's WWF run at this time, in 95 is like the last two years of WCW. Like, it went from so high <laughs> to so not in such yeah. a short... I mean, he's main eventing WrestleMania in April, and by November, he's gone. He's beat by Goldust at Survivor Series, and he's out of there. It's crazy. Um, and if you ask him, it's because of who he was friends with and who he wasn't friends with. I don't right. know how much of that's true, but I mean, it could be true. It could, you know, and that's what I say about the click. You know, they they were. I think they were. Uh, I think at least they were perceived as as bad as they are perceived by people. You know, to in one in one respect, they say they were looking out for the company and the business, and they thought that be the best thing for the company and the business was for them to be the top guys because they were the guys that were going to be loyal and were going to stick around. We found out with Nash and Hall that wasn't necessarily true. But, you know, it, it, you hear enough stories from enough different people, I think, to realize that at least perception-wise or for the people outside of the clique within the company that weren't like The Undertaker, they were fucking douchebags. Yeah. And it is what it is. But... You know what else? They went out every single night, all five of them, and worked their fucking asses off, too. Because I know there weren't many wrestlers during that time period that me as a fan was entertained by as those guys. So Yeah. So, anyways. Um, so now we come to, obviously, the best, to me, the best match of the night. And well, you missed, you, you missed Bob Backlund giving the business oh, some No, kids. I didn't. I actually have Backlund written down here. It just says Backlund. But, yeah, yeah Bob running for president. And Jerry giving Lawler. the business some kid in a Kurt Cobain shirt. <laughs> and Jerry Lawler says, I'm, I'm starting to agree with Bob. And McMahon says, Bob Backlund? No, Bob Dole. Uh, all right, Jerry, Vince, thank you. You wait, Bob Dole's peanut butter. <laughs> Norm McDonald as Bob Dole in the real world. It's one of the best <laughs> SNL skits ever. I forgot about that. That shit is funny. You know what I mean? Norm McDonald's my faves. You know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah, Bob Dole in the real world is one of the greatest things fucking ever produced. Hey, Bob Dole's peanut butter. He's killing that pen like, the whole time. Yeah, when they're like seven people living in a house together. Seven people when they start start getting real, <laughs> start getting real. Oh man, <laughs> that's great stuff. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, the match of the night. Um, I actually gave this star for, uh, this match four and a half yeps, and it is probably my favorite Jeff Jarrett match ever. I put that on here that this is Jeff Jarrett's greatest match. It is. 
Um, Shawn Michaels beats Jarrett for the Intercontinental title in about 20 minutes. And it is 20 minutes that will go by very fast. Because everybody does their job great in this match. Um, Jarrett and Rhodey play... The, the match the match goes up and down as far as like they do such a good job of bringing the crowd in uh, you know bringing them up and then bringing them back down and then bringing them up and bringing them back down and there's false finishes and there's the heels trying to retreat to the outside and you know you wouldn't know watching the match that Jer and Herodi were about to quit because <laughs> they yeah. were they were pros they were fucking pros in this match and and it might might tell me to fuck off or whatever. But this, I think you could put this maybe in, like, if you were going to break down big-time matches for Shawn Michaels, this could possibly be in his top ten greatest matches ever. It might be. I'm not, yeah, no, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say you're wrong at all. Um, this thing is fantastic. It is, and the, I mean, uh, the judge of a great match at the end of the day is your crowd, right? Excuse me. <laughs> the, the judge of a great match is your crowd. And the crowd, they have the crowd in the palm of their fucking hand in this match. Like, there is, there is, there is, they, they feel the highs, they feel the lows. Um, and, yeah, just a great match overall. I don't know if you have any other notes on it, but. I heard your annoyance with my burp. <laughs> what? I, I heard the tone when I burped. <laughs> You're like, I think this is a, <laughs> Well, I'm not gonna edit it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna edit it out now because apparently that was a fun moment. So we're just gonna leave that in. <laughs> but yeah, you're just like this is a, a uh. <laughs> good match. Like, that's, <laughs> that's, sorry, that's funny. Well, Jerry Lawler, yeah, no, Shawn Michaels. That it's still to this day impressive as fuck when Shawn Michaels gets backdropped over the t- turnbuckle post. Oh yeah. Like, he doesn't go high, super high in the air. He just takes a bump over the turnbuckle post, and you watch it, and you're still like, holy shit. So, it's like, why now do you have to do, like, a triple gainer head first through mm-hmm. a table? You don't need to. What Sean did looks so much more real. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to do it. It's okay to do it sometimes, you know? Like, when Mick Foley goes head first through that one table, and then... <laughs> Like, literally goes head first through the table. Yeah. It's insane. It's insane. (laughs) And at the time, you were like, holy shit, because it didn't happen every week. Uh And then after this match, Shawn Michaels goes out and he kisses what's supposed to be like some hot chick. (laughs) She's got a a fucked up face. (laughs) Now, hold on. Hold on. I have written down here. (laughs) Before the match. When Michaels is coming out, they show that woman. And Jerry Lawler goes, what's her hobby? Stepping on rakes? <laughs> I didn't hear that. Yes, what's her hobby? Stepping on rakes? <laughs> like, she's obviously a plant, you know? Yeah. Why couldn't they have found a more attractive plant? <laughs> a house plant. <laughs> yeah, with her face, she looked like E.T. and drag. <laughs> her eyes are all far apart and shit. <laughs> But anyway. Alright, so that being said now. Oh, during the match also Vince has mic problems and Lawler's just loving that. Because Vince's mic yeah. Vince's mic isn't working. Uh, don't worry, Vince, I got it. 
So now we go back to one of Michael Hayes' craziest moments in the history of his career. Oh, there's something before that, though. We we get little Ray Romano. Oh, yes, yes. I didn't, I didn't write that down, but yes, we do. We get another. Then, um, he's selling Shawn Michaels stuff, and then HBA comes out. Or HBA. HBK comes out. <laughs> and Where I work, it's HBC. But go ahead. <laughs> where I work, it's HBA. But anyway... Um, Shawn Michaels comes back after his victory and three times in the show he mentions people not calling him on his birthday mm-hmm. okay but it doesn't bother him why have you brought it up three times <laughs> you know what I mean Yeah. it's like when you're seeing somebody and you forget to like bring something home from the store it's not a big deal. And then they're like, man, I really wish I had a Reese cup right now. You told me it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> really I'll go get the fucking Reese cup right now. It's not a big deal. You're already home. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I will go get the Reese cup right now. I'm not worried about it. Fine. Uh, you enjoying the show? I'd enjoy it better if I had a Reese cup. <laughs> so Shawn Michaels reminds me of with this. This fucking birthday, me on my birthday. birthday pity party. Huh? His birthday pity party. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Michael Hayes is up next. One Apparently cra- he's got the- some of Johnny, Johnny <laughs> Paycheck's cocaine. One of the craziest moments of his career. Like, <coughs> <laughs> not only does he look goofy. <laughs> but he's on he's on cocaine supplied by Johnny Paycheck. Yes. <laughs> He's he's chronicling for us a fight that probably would have happened for real had Jarrett had Jarrett and Road Dog not left uh, WWF this night. So, but he's uh, I don't even I'm not going to try to recreate it, but it's a wacky moment with Michael Hayes talking okay. talking about uh, Jarrett and. The Road Dog having their confrontation in the back. Road Dog, Road Dog has officially gone on record. I've, I've seen him say it or read him say it. I should say that leaving with Jeff was one of the dumbest moves he's ever made in his career. Yeah. <clears throat> he thinks he would have had a bigger, well, he'd a have... bigger career if he hadn't left. Well, it's funny because if you think about it, if he hadn't left, they probably would have still done the same real Double J storyline. Okay. However, but the fake Double J left in disgrace. Yes, but also, if you think about the timeline, he probably the real Double J thing probably would have got more steam because it, the the problem was the real Double J character that th- whole thing actually came to fruition during the advent of Austin and The Rock. You know, there yeah. there would have been a year before all of that started happening here. Um and maybe maybe just maybe that character would have had more steam. Not that he not that he didn't turn, you know, not that he didn't turn it around and, and make a good career out of it anyway cuz a good guy I, Oh, the real, the real double J's rough. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares. Like it's not even they're booing it to where they could have turned it into a heel thing. Yeah. Like people like how honky tonk man was, you know. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. You don't like that. People just did not. Yeah, they just it. were quiet. Like, <laughs> all right. So next is the other match I zoned out during. 
It is Owen Hart and Yokozuna, the tag team champions, against the Allied Powers, Lex Luger and the British Bulldog. This match apparently didn't do anything for me because I don't have hardly anything. I don't have anything written down about it. I just have Yoko and Owen beat Luger and Bulldog. There was nothing wrong, but there was nothing special. It was just a match. Um, and the coolest part about the Allied Powers was their music. Yeah, the the, the, mu- the music was cool, the, like blending Luger yeah, and Bulldog's the, music the together. Of their music, I don't, yeah. I don't think that I don't think the WWF had done that mm-hmm. yet. No, that's so the that first time cool. they did it. Uh, but the match was just, yeah. It was just there. And um, something else I read that the British Bulldog said once was WWF Magazine asked him, what's the best rib anybody ever pulled on you? And he said, when they teamed me with Luger. <laughs> and now we come to our main event, WWF Championship match. It's a lumberjack match. The champion Diesel against Psycho Sid, and... It's trash. It is. It's trash. Um, These guys never worked well together. They didn't. You're right. Like Every every company they were in tried it, mm -hmm. but it never worked well together. I know why they tried it. It's not because either one of them are terrible either. Like, I know people make the joke about Nash having five moves or whatever, but... Kevin Nash could have a good match, too. Kevin Nash had great matches with Michaels. He had great matches with Rey Mysterio, et cetera, et cetera. Sid, Sid had great matches with Shawn Michaels. Sid, you know what I'm saying? It's just these two yeah. together was not, it's kind of like, uh, there's other there's other groups of people that have, you know, groupings that you thought, it, well, we talked about Bam Bam and Henry Godwin during this pay-per-view. Two yeah. great, two great workers, but they just didn't have it. <laughs> if somebody they... wants to tell me that if somebody wants to tell me that Kevin Nash has no abilities whatsoever and cannot wrestle, just needs to go and watch any match involving Kevin Nash and Bret Hart. Mm-hmm. And people say, "Well, he's in there with Bret, so that's why it's great." It's like, no, it takes two people. It takes two people exactly. <laughs> Actually, it takes three people. I've seen shitty uh, Ric Flair matches, folks. Because he was in there, and that's not dissing Flair, but you can't, it, it, like Aaron said, it takes two people to have a match. Yeah, okay, an enhancement match, maybe not. <laughs> but Well, that it, even takes two people. But, but you know what I'm saying, though. Have, to, the enhancement guy can make the other guy that's doing the moves to him look like shit. This is true. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. he's not selling the shit right. Diesel retains well, the, Oh, go ahead. You can base it off of another podcast, but... Marion Crumley, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> uh, you go back and you watch some of them uh, um, early WWF, like, job matches and stuff. Some of them jobber, jobbers are shit. They were terrible. <laughs> and they made the guys in the ring look like shit. That, that, but yeah, go ahead. Sorry. That's all right. Um, I thought this match had a butt finish. <laughs> it's like it's just like there's all this chicanery going on. Then there's a there's a big boot, and Sid gives Diesel like, Diesel covers Sid, but Sid sells Diesel the like cartooniest pinfall I've ever seen. Like his legs are straight up in the air, and Diesel gets yeah. the pin. And thankfully, this match is over. The main event. Shit, we should have ended the show with Michaels and Jarrett. <laughs> the guy power bombs the champion. 
and decides, oh, I just powerbombed him. I'm going to go high-five all I'm gonna, my buddies. I'm going to go high-five all my buddies. <laughs> and Diesel doesn't and none of his buddies are like, yeah, you fucking idiot, go pen him. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, that's what a real buddy would be like, what the fuck are you doing over here? The show overall, I give... This is trash. This is a horrible pay-per-view. <laughs> I get, I get, yeah, be, just based on the roadie and one, two, three kid and Shawn Michaels and Jeff Jarrett, I gave the show three yeps. I gave this show two yeps. And this show was so bad that, like, by the time I was done with it, I even forgot about, like, the road dog and, and <laughs> X-Pac having their match. Like, this thing's bad. Other match. Those of you that don't know, the In Your House pay-per-views um, were only about an hour and a half to two hours long, so the WWF would have other matches on these shows. Um, the opening match of this show was actually Skip of the Body Donnas against Aldo Montoya. He defeated Aldo Montoya in four minutes. I would have rather seen Skip versus Aldo Montoya. Then Henry Godwin versus Bam Bam Bigelow. How about this one for you? Also on the show, after Diesel and Sid had Bret their Hart match, Bret Lafitte. Hart defeated Jean-Pierre Lafitte, which they, always, they always tear it up. And The Undertaker defeated Kama in a casket match to end the, the show. Whatever. So that being that said, end. that is In Your House 2. I gave it 3. Aaron gave it 2. Um, but it was... Uh, it was nice to watch Shawn Michaels and Jeff Jarrett, that's for sure. Um, yes. So, when we come back from our break, first, well, firstly, you know, the next topic here is we're going to do goofy-looking wrestlers. That probably wouldn't, won't take too much time, but with us, you never know. We Sometimes we, sometimes I think something's going to take like 15 minutes, and 45 minutes later, we're still talking about one guy. But um, And then also, Aaron had posted on our Facebook group, if you haven't joined it yet, what the fuck are you waiting for? Uh, but Aaron had posted up on there a couple of things. First of all, we're going to do the drawing to see who's going to win some of Aaron's free shit, um, which one of them was an Ultimate Warrior Funko Pop, and the other one I have dubbed the Triple H Murder Weapon, because Aaron says it weighs quite a bit. Um, and then also, and that was to join that drawing, all you had to do was invite your friends to join our Facebook group. Um, so, that being said, also, Aaron has, is, uh, has posted up for anybody to send us questions for the show to try to win a Loyal Subjects Macho Man Randy Savage figure. So we're going to do the questions. We'll do the questions from the listeners before we do the, uh, the goofy-looking wrestlers. We'll also do the drawing, so we'll do that. Aaron's going to give away a bunch of free shit when we come back from our break here in the We Can't Wrestle podcast. We'll be right back after this. All right, wrestling fans, welcome back to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Nate and Aaron here with you, and let's do our segment of the show where Aaron's going to be generous and give you all some of his free shit. First of all, you just going to happen very much because I like my shit. <laughs> you just have, you're just going to have to trust me here, ladies and gentlemen. That I am I actually have the uh, if you watch the drawing that I had for the contest I had live, I have the Han Solo cup here. Han Solo cup. I have a Han Solo. Uh, coffee mug from 1983 because i'm a fucking geek 
I have your names in it, those of you that uh, invited people to join the Facebook group, and I'm going to draw a winner out of the cup right now. Let's find out who is winning. Let's find out who is winning either the Ultimate Warrior Pop or the Triple H Murder Weapon. And our winner is Zach Clark. Congratulations, Zach. You are the winner, and I will private message you, get your address, and uh, as soon as Aaron gets that over to me, I will ship it to you, your choice of the Ultimate Warrior or the game Triple H Murder Weapon. Now, the next contest that we have is uh, Aaron posted on our Facebook group for the, the opportunity to win the Little Loyal Subjects Macho Man figure, as Aaron called it, Little Macho Man. Dig it! Mm-hmm. You were supposed to... For, f- give some questions that you wanted to ask us, the hosts of the show. And Aaron said I was going to pick the best. I'm not going to pick. I'm not going to pick favorites. I'm going to write the names down as we go, and I will do a drawing. Oh, um, whatever. I'm not going <laughs> to pick favorites. <laughs> don't have a favorite child. But uh, Aaron, go ahead, fire away with the questions. I don't know the questions. Yeah. I, I avoided the post, so they would be a surprise to me. And Aaron will obviously answer them as well. Not a lot of you people participated. Get up off your asses. <laughs> Not that. Well, you don't have to get up off your ass. Just you're on the fucking phone anyway. Just ask your question. Jesus. All right. So, um, off the first post I put, we got three questions. Um, the first one is from Jamie Patterson. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're aware of this Jamie Patterson person. I am. But he goes, which is the biggest, the bigger pile of shit sports gimmick? The goon or Abe Knuckleball Schwartz? I say the goon by far, because Abe Knuckleball Schwartz actually was kind of like Doink, where he had a sinister underneath him. Yeah. Like, he would cut those promos, and he'd have kind of sinister, kind of a sinister thing going on. Still, it's still silly, but I say the goon was the bigger piece of shit gimmick. I would agree. And more on the goon later. <laughs> <laughs> and and Abe Knuckleball Schwartz. I don't know. He just didn't look as stupid. <laughs> but like I said, more on that later. Um. Next question. Oh, somebody might already try to sneak one in. Oh. Um. <laughs> next question is from Mark Small. What do you think of the whole Tessa Blanchard poop tape, and do you think it'll affect her more? (laughs) Affect her more? Oh, my. I don't know what that means. (laughs) Well, first of all, the poop tape, I did hear it on the uh, Jim Cornette show, and, uh, (laughs) I mean, it's outlandish. It's kind of crazy. It's not her. I don't think it's her. And I don't think it's going to affect her at all. You know, I mean, I don't. I don't think, I don't think in the modern era of the internet and the way they just, as as crazy as society is now, Tessa Blanchard taking a shit isn't going to affect her pro wrestling career. Um, so we had Jamie Patterson, right? Well, like I said, I, I don't think it's her, um, for one. And two, if anything, with society now... And with the things that I know, yeah, it'll help. Who asked that question? 
Uh, Mark Small. Mark Small, all right. He's a small Mark. I'm a big Mark. So. <laughs> uh, the next person is a guy that I... The name I recognize, Ryan Damon. Ryan Damon. Wants to know... Um, and this would probably be the same answer for both of us because we do these, we go to events together. Where was the longest you ever traveled to attend a wrestling show, and was it worth the long distance? Well, we've gone to this city a few times for wrestling shows, but I'm going to say one show in particular. Um, Indianapolis is about three hours from us, and we have traveled to Indianapolis a few times to watch wrestling shows, but the one that is the most memorable is we were at the SummerSlam 2008 pay-per-view that had yes. the uh, the Edge, Undertaker, Hell in a Cell main event, and yes, it was absolutely worth the drive. It was. It was a fantastic show. And uh, we had... Uh, also had the, the Shawn Michaels, uh, yeah, the Shawn Chris Ma- Jericho... Yeah. Segment with the wife, yes. Jericho pops her back <laughs> in the face, and that actually was like there was heat in the building when that happened. Like that was actually oh, yeah. really cool. Very cool. It was. Um, that was also the night Batista broke John Cena's neck. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know why. Two I more at questions. That. Two oh. more questions. Okay. Uh, Brian Brian McGraw. Brian McGraw. All right. Why does the Macho Man wear sunglasses? Because he got crazy eyes. Dig it. Mm-hmm. Because he wants to. He was always more effective at crazy without the sunglasses. Like when he'd take the sunglasses off and show those crazy. I think that's another reason he did. It was you know it was like okay hide the crazy eyes. <laughs> But then he flips the glasses off, and you haven't been beat up properly yet. And yeah. you get the crazy Randy Savage eyes. Or, you know, when he when he, he always flipped them off when he went to do a, a, a stare down. You know what I mean? Like, that, that, yeah. meant, that meant Randy Savage was serious. Kind of like uh, Jerry Lawler, excuse me, taking down the strap. Yeah. Other than that, yeah, like Aaron said, because he wanted to. <laughs> The Macho Man, he can do what he wants. And then some some guy named Christopher Wood. Ah, Chris Wood. Says, Repo Man having tire tread marks all over his gear implies he was ran over. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Why? Does it imply he was bad at his job? <laughs> That's actually pretty funny. <laughs> They got away. Repo Man was not successful. The only thing he ever actually successfully repossessed was Savage's hat, and then Savage took it back. Yeah, um, and um, I don't know, Chris Wood, if you watched a lot of the Repo Man's run in the WWF, but he got pretty good at doing the jab. <laughs> There's that one picture from a WWF magazine of him in that in the mask. That white Lucha Ray-looking outfit. And then somebody posted on one of the Facebook groups I'm in, there's actually on YouTube you can find one match from like a, I think it was from an Action Zone or what what something, Mania or something, where he actually wrestled in that outfit. I've never actually seen footage of him wrestling in that outfit, but there is footage out there of him wrestling in that outfit. But Chris, good question. So those are the only five? 
Yep. All right. Like Jamie. I said, you guys half assed it. Get out here. Jamie Do some stuff. Jamie Patterson, Mark Small, Ryan Damon, Brian McGraw, and Chris Wood. We're gonna draw for the little macho man. I'm gonna pause the recording here. So I can rip, rip this paper up, because I do this shit old school. I'm going to rip this paper up, do a drawing, and see who won. And you won't know we're gone, but we're going to be gone for a second. Alright, so, here we go. We're going to do our drawing here, and see who is going to win the Macho Man Loyal Subjects. Based on a question asked. And it is... Jamie Patterson. Jamie Patterson is our winner of the Macho Man Loyal Subjects Free from Aaron. We will be shipping that out here within the next couple of days to you, Jamie. Absolutely free, courtesy of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Thank you for being a listener and for being a a participating member of the group. We appreciate each and every one of you. So Zach Clark, Jamie Patterson, the two of you guys during this week's edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast have won some free shit. So congratulations. All right, so yeah, now, and thank you, Aaron, for donating your items to the cause. Cool. So now, Like I said, guys, I don't give my shit away very much. I like my shit. <laughs> so when you do see me put something up, just be like, oh, man, he doesn't do this very much. I'm trying to be more interactive. You've got to interact with me, or I'm going to go back to half-assing it. <laughs> I'm going to go back to seclusion. Yeah, I need to this. So now let's talk about goofy-looking wrestlers. <laughs> this could or could not be a long segment. We'll find out. But it's going to be funny regardless. And Aaron, since you came up with the idea, I'm going to let you go first. All right, we're going to go. We're going to volley back and forth? Yes. All right. Um, let me go with... Um, And obviously this isn't when he got going later on in the WWF. But this is when he first came in. It was goofy looking. It was terrible. I don't know why anybody did it. But when Farouk first showed up in the WWF, <laughs> he was fucking goofy. <laughs> With the Spartacus helmet. Yes, the foam helmet. And that, that onesie outfit that he had, it was just, it was terrible. It was. It was goofy looking. You're, you're damn right. <laughs> how anybody thought we've waited um, a decade, a decade, that they tried to get this guy to come into their company. Am I wrong? And no. It's about a decade. Yeah. They tried and tried and tried to get Ron Simmons to come in, and they finally get him. And they put him out there in that outfit. <laughs> it's terrible. So, so the uh, the first guy on my list is goofy looking, literally goofy looking. Like all of my guys are literally goofy looking, <laughs> not just their <laughs> outfit. I like I went with like this guy's goofy look, goofy looking dude. I can do those too. Angel- That's a whole other. I can make a whole other list. <laughs> Angelo Mosca Jr. <laughs> What a goofy looking fucking guy. Senior. <laughs> well, yeah, but Mosca Jr. not only is one of my least favorite wrestlers of all time, ever. He was terrible, but he was a goofy looking fucking guy. This to just a just he looks stupid and just goofy, and he was oddly built, and uh, 
Yeah, Ange- or Angelo Mosca Jr., you're a goofy-looking motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got to say about that with his big unibrow and shit. <laughs> Fuck that guy. All right. <laughs> um, the next person on my list, uh, another goofy-looking gimmick. It was stupid. Um, the Zodiac. <laughs> yes. No. Yes. With the little with the little ponytail in the front, <laughs> it was like a spike. <laughs> one of the weird, one of the fucking stupidest things ever is when they come pulling up in that uh, monster truck on nitro. Yeah, they're all hanging off of it, and he's like coming out the sunroof doing his whatever the fuck he's doing with his hands. Yeah, what a goofy fucking, what a goofy fucking guy. <laughs> beefcake, beefcake, beefcake's kind of goofy looking anyway. Yeah, but that Zodiac gimmick is just one of the worst things that I've ever seen. So, we're recording this on Valentine's Day. Have you seen the uh, the Valentine's meme? Which one? There's the, tons of them. The one of Valentine and Beefcake sitting in the in the trailer uh, or whatever, yeah. and it says, I'll be your Valentine if you be my Beefcake. Yeah. <laughs> They're sitting there in Beefcake's trailer or whatever watching TV with the beers. All right. <laughs> All right. So I guess we kind of went in different directions with this because you said goofy looking wrestlers. So I actually literally thought of goofy looking people, not their gimmicks. <laughs> goofy looking guy, Ron Reese. He was, yeah, the little baby arms. <laughs> he was a very disproportionate man. Just a, a goofy-looking man to me. Like, he had, like, a long head. <laughs> like, his, his head was long, and then he has a big body and these little T-Rex arms. Little baby arms. <laughs> yeah, <he's... laughs> He'd probably kick my ass, but whatever. <laughs> Ron Reese, you're a goofy-looking motherfucker. <laughs> you get two feet out in front of me, you're going to be able to grab you. <laughs> He'll get me with his long head. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, volleying back to you. Um, Max Moon. (laughs) That was goofy looking. I love how we went went in two different directions here. It's so fun. (laughs) Um, Paul Diamond was a fantastic wrestler. Yes. But this, he's like the first and only wrestler that's ribbed for your pleasure. <laughs> uh, on the first Raw, when he comes out and he's got that, it's that little short aisle. And they don't play his music right away. Yeah. And he's still shooting off he's his shit. shooting his things just like. Pff, it's all far away. <laughs> People are just looking at him. They don't give a shit. And then he goes and has a fantastic match with Shawn Michaels. <sighs> yes, definitely. I mean, you probably couldn't have put... You know, there's a reason that everything Paul Diamond ever did in the WWF was under a hood. And it was because he was kind of goofy looking. Like, he, yeah. had that, he had that big poofy mullet. and But a fantastic, <laughs> a fantastic wrestler. Um, and I hate to get right. off the topic of him being goofy looking, but I mean... The, the the angle with with him in Memphis uh, getting put out is one of my favorite angles ever. Um, 
he had a great tag team with obviously with Pat Tanaka as both yeah as both uh, Tanaka and and Diamond and the Orient Express when he was under the mask as Kato. Helped him make millions. But, but WWF didn't do him any favors with that Max Max Moon gimmick. So, <laughs> since my uh, <laughs> since my thing is goofy, literally goofy looking people, the next one on my list is a group. It's a group of folks. You know who was goofy looking? The Von Ericks. <laughs> They're, 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 they're I started making a little side list of like goofy looking people, <laughs> and I got to scratch Carrie Von Eric off my list. All of them, they're all goofy looking. Like they yeah, just... look like a horse faced, <laughs> dumb mongoloid. They look... <laughs> they look dumb. Like it's funny because I see they Car- don't look dumb. <laughs> God, they are dang. Dumb. Gosh, dang. Um. Like, Kevin Von Erich's kids don't look like they're Kevin Von Erich's kids. You know what I mean? Those two do not look oh, goofy. Oh, like. oh. <laughs> um, Lacey Von Erich? You don't look like she should be Kevin or <laughs> Carrie Von Erich's kid. Like, Carrie Von Erich's wife must have been fucking hot. Because <laughs> Lacey Von Erich, she didn't have a long career. Because she ended up having kids and shit mm-hmm. and didn't want to do it anymore. But god damn. <laughs> like, she has no right to look like that with her goofy looking fucking dad. <laughs> but yeah, Fritz and his boys were some goofy looking sons of bitches. Mongoloid motherfuckers. <laughs> uh, Kevin Von Eric, you're a goofy looking motherfucker. <laughs> so who's, who's next? He always, look, he always looks sloppy, too. Like, like not like in like shape. Eyes like in shape, he was in shape, yeah, and he's really. And that's the other thing, too. Like, the three of them were like really good in the ring, yeah, yeah. But, but like, when you see Carrie, when you see Kevin Von Eric now, like, even when he went to the Hall of Fame, like, they put a tux in it on him, but he still looked disheveled, he looked sloppy, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I have one more, okay, because the Von Erics counted as three, maybe four. So who's next for you? Um, well, I'll I'll do a guy from my list of that I just kind of made over here. Okay. Um, Buck Zumoff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> stout, like, stout with the mustache he, and the mullet. Yeah, he looks like what he became, like what it turned out he was. <laughs> and he also like looks nothing like. His gimmick, and what when I say that is, if you he doesn't match his gimmick at all. If you think of his gimmick, rock and roll Buck Zumhoff with the rock and roll, you know, when you think of the rock and roller like an '80s wrestler, you think of, uh, you know, a handsome kids like the Rockers or or, um, I, I'm not gonna say the that Ricky and Robert were handsome, but apparently they were because the chicks went crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like that gimmick. That, or, that gimmick, it wasn't a rock. It was they, they didn't call him a rocker. But, like, if somebody's going to be rock and roll something, like, it would be, like, rock and roll Tommy Rogers. Yeah. You know, like, like I I don't think it's, I don't think it's unmasculine to say, like, you know, that was a good-looking dude. You know right. what I mean? Right. 
Like you, if you can, if you can say somebody's goofy looking, you can say, "Hey, that's a handsome looking <laughs> guy." You know? you know what I mean? Yeah. Most people want to have like, "Oh, ho, ho. it's like, no, you just said that dude's ugly, so you got to say that somebody's a good looking guy. You know, mm-hmm. like, like a Tommy Rogers, good looking dude. Chicks are gonna dig him. Mm-hmm. They're gonna swoon. I don't think people were swooning for Buck Zumoff. <laughs> And if she did, she was 370 pounds and her name was Ethel. Yeah. And she was wearing a moo-moo. Buck Zumoff, yeah. you're a goofy-looking fucking pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, I think that's what the judge told him. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to jail, you goofy-looking fucking goofy-looking pedophile. Goofy-looking pedophile. <laughs> Rock and roll. He's a bitch too. He's a bitch. <laughs> like he did what he did, and then he tried to run away. Mm-hmm. You know that? That when they yep. sentenced him, he tried to run away. Oh yeah, fuck that I guy. Been, I wish he would have been one of them guys when they said like he tried to run away and like he fell off the balcony. <laughs> <laughs> you ever seen that guy? You ever yep. seen the video, video yes, of that guy? Yes, I have seen that. Does whatever he does, and he tries to run. Doesn't realize he's running off. He's like on the second floor, and he falls off the balcony. <laughs> I will uh. not. I will not apologize for saying that I hope that Buck Zumhoff gets his goofy-looking pedophile ass plowed daily in prison. <laughs> Fuck off, Zumhoff. <laughs> you piece of shit. <laughs> so the last guy, the last guy on my list that I'm going to say is goofy-looking was not always goofy-looking. You know, you were just saying handsome guy, the ladies like him. This guy had that going for him in the 80s and the early 90s. But now, yeah, I not... guess you think it is. Uh, yes. Is it Billy Jack Haynes? No. Oh, Billy Jack Haynes is goofy looking. He, 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 he is goofy looking. He's got like an old lady's wig, and yeah. <laughs> but no, he's got multiple ones. <laughs> like... <laughs> like Billy Jack Haynes is fucking insane. Like. Billy, I'm not going to get off topic, sorry. Billy Jack Haynes, you're a goofy-looking motherfucker. All right. Stone-cold piece of shit. Stone-cold piece of shit. <laughs> it's the greatest video ever. The, He's the, just out in, like, a dirt road. But for me, <laughs> for me, the goofy-looking guy that I have here is old. He's up at, like, a farmer's market. <laughs> <Yeah, he> just... <laughs> so go ahead. Old Sting. Old Sting? Yes. Sting. Like now Sting? Yes, yes. Old Sting. Modern Sting. <laughs> he's he's kind of goofy looking. Like he's got that weird little goatee thing going on. and He slicks the hair back, but it's receding. And he's especially goofy looking when he's wrestled a match. And his, his hair doesn't his, stay slick. It doesn't. It just gets kind of like, like Briarwood or whatever. Like, like brush. <laughs> it's like brush. <laughs> He just looks so rough and goofy looking. I hope nobody flicks a cigarette at him. <laughs> go up. But yeah, anyway, Old Sting is uh, is kind of goofy looking now. Okay, um, <laughs> talk about old guys looking goofy, <laughs> and I can tell it's because he's had a hurt. You know who looks goofy now? Who? Mark Marrow. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> I think he's had more plastic surgery than Sable. He looks weird. <laughs> like, you look <Yeah>. weird. 
He's like the Kenny Rogers of wrestling. Like, you don't even look like what you used to look like. You were already somewhat goofy. You know? But now you just look like... Weird. Yeah. <laughs> That's the yeah. best word I can use is weird. <laughs> yeah. Alright, I have one more. He looks like something that like... He looks like a thundercat. Like a normal dude that like Beetlejuice did something <laughs> he, he, looks like a, he looks like a thundercat. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I have one more. I don't even know what that means by saying it looks like the normal dude that Beetlejuice did something to. <laughs> it's like because he can like rearrange people's faces. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he looks like a claymation. <laughs> this, is, this is fun. <laughs> Last one. Angelo Mosca Jr. <laughs> you already said him. I, I know I did. That was the joke. <laughs> Double goofy looking motherfucker. I thought you were going to say Angelo Mosca Sr. Because he was kind of goofy looking I too. I don't know. I'm not a fan of Mosca Sr., but I don't think he... I think he looked like a, a, a your standard imposing 70s heel. He looked he, like a cave person. <laughs> His son looked like a cave person. <laughs> Both of them do. <laughs> um, did you ever see Angelo Mosca, though, in that video... Where he was like going into like the Canadian Hall of Fame though, and he's all old. Some other dude's old, and they like start getting like a fight. Yes, I have seen. Yes, I have seen that. <laughs> I watched that, and I'm like, I wouldn't get in between these old motherfuckers. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I got like three more people on my list. Okay, and but these are gimmicks. All right. Um, we talked about them a little bit ago. The goon. The goon. Bill Irwin that shit was in a goofy. <laughs> it was goofy. And then the weird I don't like Bill I don't like Bill Irwin to begin with. <laughs> Fucking hate Bill Irwin. And I I didn't like him when he was in that tag team with his with his brother. I think those guys look floppy and sloppy. That's what their team name should have been. <laughs> They they look like squidbillies. I, I just don't want anything to do with any of the Irwins. But they're just it's just bad. And then when you take him and you put him in like a generic hockey jersey with some fucking stupid boots and a stupid gimmick and a stupid music. God, I hate that. <laughs> Like how you made Bill Irwin worse? I didn't know that was possible. <laughs> and it was apparently possible. Then his music was just like, dun, 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 yeah. Dun, dun. yeah. Like when you're when you're the worst compared to a guy named the Pug and TL Hopper, you're you're a fucking problem. You need to go away. <laughs> And there, and and I know. See, there's a lot of those gimmicks that happened at that time where you don't want to fault the guy. Yeah, you know, like Freddie Joe Floyd. I, you know, this. I love Tracy Smothers. I'm a Tracy Smothers fan. Okay, Alex Porto. If he wouldn't have been saddled with the pug, I think he. I don't think I'm not saying he would have been like world heavyweight champion or whatever. 
but he might have had a he might have had a career, you know. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Alex Porto, honestly, when I look at it, I'm like this guy would have been, and uh, this is going to be super random, okay? He would have been a better um, body Donna than Tom Pr- than than uh, yeah Tom Pritchard. I have thought that numerous times, so it's not weird at all to me. Like, Alex Porto should have been Zip. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I'm not, I, I'm a Tom Pritchard fan, okay? I like Tom Pritchard. But he would have fit that gimmick ten times better than what Tom Pritchard did, and they probably would have got more miles out of the body Donnas. Right. But, um, him being saddled with that pug gimmick was just stupid. dead on arrival. But yeah, when when you're the worst of those like ninety five, ninety six enhancement gimmick wrestlers, there you, you you got an issue. You look like shit. He wrestled like shit and liked the guy. Bill Irwin, you're a goofy looking fucking squid Billy. <laughs> and that's what his wife wrote on the divorce papers. <laughs> All right. Um, the next guy on my list, it goes along the same lines of an Alex Porto, that he was a talented person, but was saddled with a horrible, horrible gimmick. And I didn't think Alex Porto looked dumb. I just thought it was a dumb name. But um, this guy looked fucking ridiculous. And it's Aldo Montoya. <laughs> Jockstrap. What the fuck? He could have just been Aldo Montoya, the Portuguese man of war, without that and mask. And I had the stupid mask. Yeah, and it would have worked. It would have been fine. Like the tights weren't bad. Mm-mm. You know? He could have just had his face out there. Or, I don't know, maybe just put him in a regular mask. <laughs> you want him to have a mask on? But he looked fucking stupid. Yeah. It had, like, the pointy nose thing on it, and... What a, what a fucking popcorn fart that thing was. But out of all these, I think it had the longest run. He did. Yeah. Yeah, because that gimmick went into, like, early 97. Like, he was still jobbing on the... On the, the jo- he was still jobbing right before Raw became Raw's War on Raw. So, yeah, I mean, he, he got some miles out of it. <laughs> but it was goofy as fuck. Yes, it was. Um... Have, do you have any people that just pop in your mind as being goofy looking? Um, no. If not, that's fine. Um, and the last one on my list is the goofiest of goofy. It's Mantar. Mm-hmm. Mantar. Not only, that guy was not only goofy looking in the gimmick, but he was goofy looking in general. <laughs> kind of this little pudgy... Fucking and the gimmick. I mean, yeah. Go ahead, yeah. elaborate. He's wearing like a paper mache bull head. And then can't his, get in the ring. His he's running around like, like hoof, like making like cow noises, and it, it was just bad. And and the thing is, like, 
I don't know enough about the guy to know if he was good because every gimmick that they gave him was something that wouldn't allow him to work. Yeah, I've seen him work. You know I mean? I've seen him work because in Memphis, when they did the Truth Commission before it came up to the WWF, um, he was Tank in the Truth Commission, and he wasn't a great worker. He was the what he would have been, what that guy would have been best suited for. Because I mean, he maybe even not that. No, not even that. Never mind. I was going to say well, he would have been best suited to be a bodyguard like they did with uh, Triple H and then they did it with uh, Goldust too. But the problem with him being the bodyguard is he wasn't a tall... He, yeah, he, he wasn't a tall fat guy. He was a short fat guy. So he was actually like shorter than the guy he was being the bodyguard for. Ter- yeah. Terribly ineffective. Never mind. I take back what I said. <laughs> and they didn't make him Triple H's bodyguard. That was Mr. Hughes. But... Yes. They had him be the bodyguard for Goldust, who was like six inches taller than him, just so he could yeah. get beat up by the warrior on one night. But yeah, and then they had his head shaved like the, the horns. And it wasn't even like bull horns. It was like, um, like fucking um, matador horns or something. Yeah, it, was, it, was it was stupid. stupid. <laughs> it was really stupid. But if and any Mr. Of... Hughes, you know what Mr. Hughes is? He's an anomaly. You know why? Because he's like. He's like the only guy that was um, better in like 93 through 95 ECW than he was when he was like in the WWF or WCW. Oh, yeah. His best stuff is ECW. You got money? That's that's his best stuff. When he was a shame. My favorite Mr. Hughes moment is, you know what it is, though? What? He's feuding with the Undertaker, and the Undertaker brings out like Undertaker's like minions or whatever. Bring out a black wreath. Oh yeah, and it takes him forever to read. And he and he looks at the card and he's like looking at it. And and, and I'll go with I'll go with about how long the silence was. So guys, don't think the show's over. I'm going with the silence. All right, Mister Hughes picks up the card off of the wreath and it goes like this. Rest in peace. <laughs> and he goes, it took him that long to read that. <laughs> and that was the minute that Vince McMahon gave up. <laughs> that push is over, pal. <laughs> it took him that long to read that. <laughs> but those are some goofy looking. Re- I, I, like I said, we, like you said, we went with a, a different direction. Mm-hmm. But they were both fun. Yes. So apparently next time around, we're going to do top ten workers of all time. We're not talking about, like, you know, top ten, our favorite wrestlers, like, you know, your Ric Flair's, or your, maybe Ric Flair will be on the list, but I'm just saying workers. Like, um, like we talked about Sean Waltman, you know, he's, he's one of the great workers of all time. He's just not looked at as one of the biggest superstars of all time, so... We'll do that that top ten next time around. Aaron gave away some free shit. The official name of this episode is episode 87, Bill Irwin is a Squidbilly. And <laughs> there's no Al Jolson to sign us out tonight. So I just want to... Why isn't it Buck Zumoff? Yeah. Goofy looking pedophile. <laughs> Goofy looking fucking pedophile. <laughs> 
I want to encourage everybody that hasn't yet to join our Facebook group and to subscribe to our YouTube page because I promise you a lot of the live content and stuff that we are going to do in the year 2020, I'm really trying to build the YouTube page this year, so we're going to be doing a lot more on YouTube, and um, uh, especially, I'm even going to have exclusive live shows, live contests and stuff on the YouTube page, so go subscribe to the We Can't Wrestle Podcast YouTube page, it's going to take you five seconds, you're on YouTube anyway, look it up, subscribe, and uh, you will be on board with the future of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. That being said, Aaron, do you want to say anything to our listeners before we sign off and I let you go no. uh, Go do your thing for the evening? I got to poop, so no. <laughs> Aaron's going to get out. He's going to he's gonna get out of the studio quick. And we will see you next week with the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Thanks for joining us, everybody.